Hey, Ben. Hello. How are you? It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. How are things? Ah, things are well. What about yourself? You know, we're, we're still alive and kicking, which, uh, you know, nowadays that's <laughs> about as good as you can ask for. So was it uh, was that a tough 2020 just like everyone else? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we actually had a, a pretty good start to the year. January, February, we're, we're looking good. Sales were good. We were excited. Uh, you know, we had a few things going on that we were really looking forward to. You know, Stampede was looking like everything was going to be really good. And uh, then, you know, March hits and, <laughs> you know, everything's, uh, you know, all the plans and everything that we had is, you know, is gone. So, yeah, no Stampede. You know, Stampede for us accounts for more than half of our retail number for the whole year. So with none of that, we were closed for a few months. And that first, you know, grouping of closures kind of, when was that, kind of April, May kind of thing. So, yeah, it was uh, it was not ideal, that's for sure. And it's something that none of us have ever seen in our lifetime. So it's... Yeah, ever. And, you know, everybody I've talked to, you know, regardless of age or anything, nobody's ever even thought that we would ever go through something like that. So, I mean... Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's really no other way to, to describe it. Did you go through a lot of self-reflection during the downtime and say, what is this? What's going on? Because our minds as running a business can be so hard at times when you have that pause and what's going on? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, I guess it was, it was uh, good that I've got two young boys. So, you know, between my wife and I and, and a, uh, a boy that was just about to turn three and uh, about a, a six-month-old, you know, our, our time was, was pretty busy with those two. And, you know, every, every time that we had that was, you know, they were napping or having a rest or something like that. We were more just trying to, you know, catch up on, on some sleep ourselves, <laughs> you know, running around after them. But uh, yeah, you know, definitely you, you kind of think about what's going to happen, what, what the future is going to look like, you know, if we can make it through to another stampede, which hopefully we're going to be able to get to here this summer, who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was 2020 supposed to be the year for the stampede? You know. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were really excited. Um, you know, there were a few things that had changed, you know, leading up to 2020 stampede that we were really looking forward to. Oil and gas was making a comeback. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get too political, but, uh, you know, an NDP to UCP change which usually helps the oil and gas industry, you know, is usually a good thing for, for retailers and for us, uh, you know, with, with stampede parties and events and all that sort of stuff. We were really, you know, gearing up for having a, maybe not our biggest stampede ever, but it was going to be probably one of the biggest ones in the last five or six years, especially after kind of going through that downturn that we've experienced in the last couple of years. So we were, you know, thinking that was gonna be good. Um, we had our RCMP contract, which we're still working through. And luckily, because we had that in place, that was one thing that has kind of kept us through. And that's one of the reasons we're, we're chatting here today. Uh, but, you know, we could have had all these things on top of each other and, and, you know, really had a good, solid 2020. And then, yeah, nothing. <laughs> is it just you working right now, the shop? Or is there, yeah. No, we got, uh, we got the full crew. Um, so we got all of our people in the factory. And then we have... Uh, uh, a few people uh, in the store as well, but uh, you know, retail wise, there's not a whole lot going on. There are still people coming in, but it's not as busy as we would expect it to be. Are you um, getting more online sales? We are getting, you know, a fair amount, but uh, a lot of it is people that are outside of Calgary that, that aren't able to come into the store. So, and I have noticed an uptick in that, um, but uh, you know, it's, uh, 
we're still seeing people coming through the door, just not what we would expect to see. Is now not many people know this, but you got to tell me about the RCMP contract because that's pretty cool. It's, you have yeah, so uh, yeah, we've been doing that well since 1999 was the first year that we started making that RCMP boot for all of Canada. So it's the boot you see the members wearing when they have that red surge uniform on, usually at some sort of uh, uh, you know special events or holidays. Uh, anything like that, when they have that red uniform on that tall brown boot, we make that for all of Canada. So, you know, uh, we've been doing that for now over 20 years. And the, the thing about those is they're, they're publicly tendered. So anybody could bid on them. And we've been lucky enough that every year that they've come out, we've been able to get that contract. So we secured a three-year contract with them, uh, which was one of the largest quantities that they've ever put out. Uh, so the timing for that was great. <laughs> You know, but uh, that's pretty much all we've been making. Like uh, 2020, when we look at our numbers of boots produced, the vast majority were RCMP. We still did some Western and we still had custom orders and that sort of thing, uh, but nowhere near what we would have had on a, on a typical year. Does the RCM boots change over time? Like you adjust or add new buckles or straps or laces to them or are they very? Yeah, there's, there really has not been any changes in that boot with the exception of this year, there was a few little changes to spec. Like uh, they used to have a midsole and then an outsole, whereas this year it's just an outsole. A uh, few little things like that that you really wouldn't be able to, to see. The overall boot, the shape, the look, literally has been the same for over a hundred years. What made you uh, change the sole? Uh, it was just a, something that they wanted to do. Um, so they've got a team, uh, a technical team in Ottawa that uh, kind of goes through various contracts. And uh, uh, these people are in charge of all of the kitten clothing for all of RCMP for the whole country. And so they would go through and see if there are changes that they want to have made and they have input, input from us and you know it comes down to uh, what can you do that would make uh, the production easier or what are things that are in here that are not necessary things like that and then we would kind of go down a list or uh, you know let's say uh, we need uh, to do something to make this boot easier to pull on let's say what can we do in that situation so um, you know, we, we have those conversations usually in the months leading up to a contract uh, being tendered uh, so that the spec kind of reflects any changes that they want to have. Now, how many RCMP officers do we have? Because that's quite a bit of boots you got to make. <laughs> it, it is. I don't know the total number uh, across the country, uh, but I know that every single RCMP officer gets one pair of these boots. Uh, so all the ones that we're making are either for brand new recruits that are going through depot in Regina, they would all get a pair once they graduate, uh, or it might be somebody that's been in the service for 20 years and you know they've just worn those original pair that they've had from day one enough that now they need a new pair, or, or maybe their body's changed that the original pair doesn't fit and they need a, an updated one, their, their foot has changed or leg or anything like that. So, uh, you know, the average uh, officer might have two pair or three pair throughout the whole course of their, of their, you know, policing career. It really depends on the person. They're pretty high up. I mean, so if you're a cat, if you lose some muscle on your calf, you're, they're sliding right off, aren't they? <laughs> they're tall. And the thing is, so there's two different types of RCMP that we make, a die cut, which kind of is designed to fit, you know, the average person, average size. 
But if you're an RCMP officer, you have to have a pair of boots because you can at, at any time in your career be called for red surge duty. So you have to have that full kit from, from hat to boots. So let's say you're really short and you've got a thick cap. We do a custom made boot to fit your leg based on measurements that we receive. So if, if a die cut is not going to work, then we'll do a custom cut for people as well. But yeah, they come up to right below your knee, essentially. It's designed as kind of an old style riding boot, essentially. That's super cool. And, and not many people know this, but you guys have also done, I think the prince and the princess. You did their boots. <laughs> we have, yeah. We've done, uh, we've done uh, you know, a fair amount of like royal boots or, uh, you know, movie boots and that sort of stuff. But yeah, in 2011, when Will and Kate were touring Canada as part of their uh, honeymoon, I guess it was, and uh, they were in Calgary for a brief period of time, uh, we gifted them a pair of uh, boots each. And that stemmed from my grandfather, who he, uh, well, a little history on him, uh, he flew Spitfires in World War II. Uh, and so he fought, he flew for uh, the Royal Canadian Air Force, which obviously had tie-ins with the Royal Air Force. And when he was uh, in Burma, uh, where he was stationed for most of his career in World War II, he got to know a, a fellow by the name of Lord Louis Mountbatten, who was the Royal in charge of that theater, theater of war in the Pacific. And so he and Lord Louis Mountbatten actually became friends over, over time. And uh, when Lord Mountbatten was in Canada years later, my grandfather had not yet started Alberta Boot Company. He had a wholesale footwear company called GF Fletcher, which uh, was around for about 10 years prior to Alberta Boot being founded. And so he still had Western boots at the time from various manufacturers and he gifted uh, Mountbatten uh, a pair of boots. And that was kind of the first royal that he got into boots. Uh, also did a pair for Prince Charles, uh, so uh, Will's dad, and then of course uh, Will and Kate, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the the royal connection, I guess. <laughs> Did you get to meet them? We didn't. No, unfortunately, uh, I got a chance to see their schedule because we would have loved to have them come in the store, and you know, show them around, show them how the boots are made, and 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 all that sort of stuff. But you know, it wasn't just you know eleven forty five leave, noon arrive. It was literally down to the minutes, like eleven forty eight. We have to leave. 11.52, we have to, it was down to the second. I, I couldn't imagine going on a honeymoon like that, but that's how part of their, their trip was planned. So we weren't able to have them in the store, unfortunately, but you know, maybe sometime in the future. You've had uh, quite a bit of people actually come through those doors, uh, Paul Brandt. And you've had uh, a few, actually yeah, we've a had artists, a lot of local artists and just world renowned. Oh. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Ben, what, what is inspiring is that you're the, your grandfather, you, you keep his memory alive. Like, I remember I walked in through the doors and I look on the left and there was those pictures right there. You've always kept him close to your heart. Have, have you been always close with your grandfather or how did this happen, this tradition where he's like right here with you, I feel? Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, I guess, um, you know, I was always, you know, coming into the shop as a, as a young kid. Uh, my dad uh, worked here for many, many years. He was the president and general manager for a long time. And so, you know, a lot of the time I would come down and spend time with my dad and, and my grandfather. So, uh, you know, I always had a, a connection with him and it was always interesting to, you know, come and spend time with him. And he would usually get me to, you know, help him with something or uh, 
teach me something or, or you know, things of that nature. So it was always kind of neat to see, you know, and learn from him, you know, how, how he liked the company run and, and, you know, how, how he did business. So it was always kind of fun and, and refreshing to, to be with him and just kind of have that old school mentality as well. So, uh, you know, I think which serves people, people good to kind of, you know, hang out with the, with their elders and, and their grandparents and kind of see how, how they do things. And, uh, you know, it was, it was neat. So, you know, of course he was the founder and, you know, we've got pictures around and, uh, there's some pictures of, uh, of the Spitfire that he flew, which is now on display, uh, down at a flight museum in, in Texas and, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, we try to keep you know, his memory alive as well. Wow, the exact Spitfire he flew is actually still around. It, it is, yeah. That's it was, uh, I don't know the whole history behind, you know, what ended up happening to it after he was flying it at one point in time. Uh, but yeah, I just, they did a full restoration of it and it's now on display in a, a place called Cavanaugh Flight Museum in, in Dallas, Texas. Have you visited the museum yet? I have not, no, I have not been down there, but uh, it's definitely on my bucket list. I got to go wow. check it out. Here that is, that's, that's beautiful to have that. Cause you never, those are memories forever. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Is there, I mean, I've been to your place and you guys still use some of the tools your grandfather had. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got I, a lot that we've had for, you know, since that was bought by grandpa new in 1978 when he founded the company. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of those uh, machines or lusts or things like that, um, you know, he bought or he bought used even, and, and we're still using them to this day. As advanced technology is, what makes you guys still stick with what you know and what you want to keep the roots of grandpa? Yeah, for, for us, the big thing is, you know, we build a traditional Western. We build something that's designed to last and designed to go for a long time. It's designed to be you know, resold. So if you start to go through that leather sole on a pair of our boots, you know, over the course of five, 10, 15, 20 years, however long it takes, you might start to go through that sole and you need to bring it back to us and we'll do a full resoling. Essentially, it's like a brand new pair of boots versus, you know, a lot of things you buy nowadays, it, you know, it's such a throwaway mentality. You, you wear it, you go through it and you get rid of it and, and you get something new. So, you know, all of the machines that we have, that are designed to make a Goodyear welted product or a Goodyear welted boot, which is a certain type of construction. Um, a lot of them are old machines. And one thing we found with old machines, just like our boots, they're designed to last a long, long time. So there, there hasn't really been any reason to go to a brand new you know, machine, let's say, because the old ones are, are you know, they're so basic in a sense that you can, you know, rebuild them, you know, put them back together, you know, get a new part fabricated, maybe that goes on a hundred year old machine and it'll keep working great versus, you know, brand new machines that, you know, you might need a computer science degree to, to get running uh, and, you know, constantly having issues with. So yeah, one of the big things is to make a good quality boot, you know, there's not really anything in terms of new technology that's going to make it any better than, than what it already is. So for us, you know, all these old machines and they kind of add to the, uh, the style of boot and, and just kind of the, the, the aura around, you know, having something that's handmade with, with these cool old machines. You built uh, boots for the princesses, I think, of the Calgary Stampede. 
for the Queens. Is that correct? We do, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have you been doing that for, so years for as long as I... Yeah, we've been doing that for, for many years. So we started out uh, probably close to right around the time that we were founded, uh, providing the, the Stampede Royalty, the, the Queen and Princess, and then uh, the First Nations Princess as well with, uh, with boots. And they'll usually get a few pairs kind of throughout their reign. So for example, we might do uh, a pair right off the bat. It's just a basic brown, a black. And then we would do some sort of a custom pair uh, maybe to go with uh, with some outfits or certain colors, depending on uh, you know what the uh, the wardrobe people are you know planning and that sort of stuff. And then we usually do a, a final pair uh, right before Stampede that's designed to go with their custom uh, leather uh, uh, outfits and, and dresses that are all made by a local lady by the name of uh, Janine Stabner, who does amazing uh, uh, seamstressing and, and design as well. So it's kind of neat that we get to work with her and, you know, come up with these really cool, you know, ideas and designs and that sort of stuff. But yeah, we've been doing that for a long time. Now, do you get creative sometimes with the boots and say, hey, let's slab this on or change this up? Do you ever do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certain things that we, you know, that are just, you know, classic. I think the pair that you got, if I remember correctly, was kind of an oil tan brown. And, you know, that boot, you don't really need to do anything to it just because, you know, it looks so good. It's so classic. It's funny, uh, but right up there, in, it's still in the box. And I take them out, out of its wrappers, and I'll wear them during Stampede or special occasions, and I put them right back. They're that <laughs> important to me, Ben. Seriously, thank you again. <laughs> I love it. Like, like, you'll see it right up there. You see it? Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just always loved them. Thank you very much. Yeah. I've always respected you for that. Well, you got to beat them up more. You got to put some, uh, you know, drink a few beers out of them or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but yeah, like there's certain boots where, you know, I'll come down and, you know, I'll, I'll come up with an idea or, or, you know, I'll see something that reminds me of a style that, oh, I wonder if we could do something similar or, something like that. So, you know, recently I come up with, you know, what we call a, a service boot. And so it's designed to look like a boot that, you know, would have been worn during World War One or two, just a very basic lace-up boot. Uh, it's something you just wear with jeans, you could dress it up, uh, or you could just wear it casually. And, you know, they're quite popular right now. And so... So they're kind of like combat boots? Yeah, similar to. Um, I've got a pair on right now. I can. <laughs> yeah, let's see them. Let's see what they look like. But um, pull this off here. You know, something like this. Oh, that is nice. Wow. And it comes like that with that leather? Not a cowboy boot, obviously. Yeah, so this is actually the same type of leather that uh, your boots are made of. That is beautiful. And so that's that oil tan cowhide. Yeah. But uh, the nice thing about kind of this style, you know, it's not a cowhide boot, but it's all made the exact same way. And what we end up doing is, you know, I was looking at, uh, you know, a few boots. and I was like, I want to make something that's just a really nice kind of classic style. So, you know, I put down a, a sheet of leather, uh, you know, grab a pen and just start kind of planning how this is going to look. You know, put all the pieces together, uh, hand it to some of the people in the sewing room, get them to sew it together to see what it looks like kind of as a finished product. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's fun to be able to do that sort of thing because there's not many jobs where you can kind of come up with an idea and just, you know, 
see see if it works. <laughs> How much would a boot like that cost somebody? Uh, so those ones we sell for right around five ninety five. But it's genuine leather, and and do they have the the nails in them around the trim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got everything. They've, they're uh, full leather, uh, so welted in the front, uh, or they could be fully welted all the way around. Depends on what look the customer wants. You know, it could be nails on the arch and through the heel, or just that full welt stitching as well. Um, you know, people can get crazy and do like broguing and other stitching on there, or they can just go nice and clean and plain as well. So there's a you know, we we open it up to to a lot of different options for people. What's one of the most craziest boots you've ever made? Like the coolest or the wildest boot you've ever made? And, and what was it made from? Um, hmm. We made some cool ones over the years. You know, I think at the end of the day, my favorite were probably a pair of like full alligator boots. So not just the foot, but like the whole shaft was alligator as well. Um, I think those were probably the craziest ones that we've done. We've, we've done a lot of neat ones with, you know, a lot of um, overlays and underlays of like hand cut pieces that, you know, uh, we did ones recently that kind of look like a, a, a Lemmy from Motorhead would have worn kind of thing with like really cool ego on there and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we've done some, done some ones for sure. The red ones that you have on Instagram, that's full alligator, isn't it? Or is that snake? Yeah, yeah, those ones were uh, were a full alligator, and so on that boot it would have been alligator uh, on the vamps, which is the foot of the boot, and then the shafts were a matching color red in kangaroo leather. So kangaroo is very thin but very strong, so it has a really really nice kind of supple feel to it, and we'll put kangaroo on most of the shafts of a lot of the exotic boots just kind of for that you know uh, extra extra fancy you know, uh, and, and extra, you know, luxurious kind of tone to them. Now, Ben, during the restrictions, can uh, customers come inside the store or and order online or how does this work? Yeah, so right now we are still open. The store is open. Uh, we just have to operate at 15% of capacity. But, you know, if you remember, we've got a pretty big storefront here, so we can have 10 people in the store at a time. Uh, so, uh, you know, right now we're still running everything as usual. We've got uh, uh, protections and protocols in place and, you know, hand washing station and all that kind of stuff when you enter. But yeah, aside from that, pretty much the whole process is, is the same as it would be any other year. Uh, you know, you can come in, pick from any of our in-stock styles that we have, or you can get to custom fit uh, for, a, for a boot made to order. What can customers or people in the community do to help spread the word of the Alberta Boot Co. What can we do? That's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we just want everybody to come in and, and see, you know, what makes us different. We're not just a retailer. We, we make everything literally from scratch. So people that have come in just, you know, for boots that don't really know that we make them, it's funny because they say, Oh, where, oh, these are nice. Like I've never seen quality like this anywhere. Where, where are these from? Where are they made? And, you know, I point to the back and, oh, right back through that door there. Uh, so, you know, for us, you know, it's neat to be able to educate people on the boots, but for the most part, I think just kind of, you know, telling people about a company uh, that you know about, even if you don't own a product from them, 
uh, you know, really helps. And I think, you know, these days we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, people going back to locally made and supporting uh, local companies versus something that might be made uh, overseas, let's say, or somewhere else. Uh, so I think really the big thing is, you know, if anybody ever comes up and says, you know, in our case, oh, you know, any idea where to go for really good footwear or boots or that sort of thing. And, you know, hopefully people mention us if, uh, if they know about us. So that's kind of, you know, uh, all we can really ask for. Uh, we, we get a lot of people coming in through word of mouth or, you know, people that have had pairs of our boots over the years that have you know, really enjoyed them or had several pairs and, and, and that. So yeah, I think we get more people coming through the door through word of mouth and people talking about us versus, you know, any other sort of advertising that I do. Has Instagram been one of the best platforms for you to really showcase your guys' work and art? Yeah, well, definitely. You know, it's easy because you can just, you know, if a cool pair of boots coming through the line, I can just take a picture and, and, and upload it. And, you know, right away you're getting, you know, people's eyes on the product. Whereas, you know, in traditional forms, you know, if you have a newspaper ad, you can't really show more than maybe a couple styles and, uh, you know, you might not get that detail to look you know radio you can't really see anything it's just you know the story that you hear whereas and you know even facebook for that part you know you do get a lot of eyes on there but being strictly visual uh with something like instagram is nice because you know right away you'll, you'd be scrolling and you know if it looks good you're going to stop and look at it and if it's not great you're probably just going to keep keep blowing right by it so I think, uh, you know, it's definitely helped. It's kind of neat to have, you know, a presence. You know, we don't have a crazy amount of followers, but we still have, you know, a pretty, pretty good sized audience of, of people that follow us and engage with our posts and that sort of stuff. And yeah, well, I think you it's- You're doing a great job, I gotta say. And, and you engage with everybody that communicates with you and that's important. It, it, it shows what the, really it's technology online, but you still have that community element and aspect to it that, hey, what is that? And then you're like, well, that's, this is this. When you can get to it. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Um, well, Ben, I look forward to seeing you shortly and uh, wishing you and your family all the best. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you as well. Stay safe. And thanks so much for, uh, for having a chat with me today. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. And hopefully we have a Stampede 2021. I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. See you, Ben. Thank you. Awesome. Take care.